0: Of the Bear Down Podcast, Arizona Swimming and Diving Edition, Delaney Schnell, Wildcat All-American, Pac-12 Champion, Olympic Silver Medalist. Delaney, thanks for joining of us. Of course, today.
1: thanks for having
0: me. So obviously, that's uh, you have quite the resume, as it were, right off the top. Four-time Pac-12 Champion, five-time All-American, the Olympic Silver Medalist. But and you you grew up in Tucson, but you also claim Upper Peninsula Michigan. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about growing up and those kind of two different.
1: Parts of the country. Yeah, so I was born in Upper Michigan, but, um, and most of my family's from there, but most of my time has has been spent in Tucson. Um, I moved here when I was three, almost four years old. So yeah, Tucson's really a big part of my heart. And so is Upper Michigan, just cause that's where my roots are from and that's where my family's from. So I think, um, yeah, I, I both have shaped me as a person. And I think as much as Upper Peninsula is my home, I think Tucson is more um, more my home
0: growing up in tucson obviously arizona athletics and arizona swimming and diving program in particular big parts of the community here what 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 were you looking at what were you admiring about the wildcats growing up in tucson
1: um i mean i've grown up training in this facility i grew up uh, as a gymnast first and in gymnastics i you know would see the gym cats um almost every friday compete um in their season. And when I was little, I remember like looking up to all those girls and wanting to be them. And, um, and then I switched to diving and I got to train at the facility where, you know, um, a lot of amazing athletes have come out of, um, and I got to actually be one of the first ones to dive in the new, um, caster pool. And, um, you know, it was only a year old when I started diving. So that was pretty exciting. Um, it was, you know, the next new big facility and, um, I mean, I grew up seeing the college kids come in and out of the pool, and um, I always wanted to be like them. And you know, I grew up around McHale. I grew up around the campus, and I've always admired the Arizona campus. I've admired the facilities. I thought I've always thought it's a beautiful facility, um, and we've always had outstanding coaches. So it's definitely, yeah.
0: So you just touched on it. You actually grew up a gymnast. Yeah. What were your events? What were you focused on as a as a young gymnast in Tucson? Yeah.
1: Um, I would say I was a pretty powerful gymnast, so I really liked the floor. I liked vault, I liked to tumble. Um, bars and beam were not my favorite, <laughs> but um, you know I was still okay at those. Um, and I went through the tops program in gymnastics, so um, I went to the Curly Ranch for some camps there, and um, I was pretty good as a gymnast. But I think I wasn't really cut out for the intensity of it. I think it was just a lot for a ten-year-old to take in. And, I didn't really have a life outside of it, and I think I wanted more for myself. So I just kind of burnt out and decided I needed a change.
0: Looking back now, your career as a gymnast, how did it impact you as a diver? What what physically, was it mindset? mindset? What changed and what helped you make you a better diver from your gymnastics background?
1: Yeah, I think gymnastics is very similar to diving because, I mean, you have to have very good air awareness. Um, I mean, diving is the same thing. You're flipping and you have to land on not just your feet, you have to land on your head, but vertically. And just like in gymnastics, you land on your feet vertically. Um, I think the one really tricky thing to learn is to land on your head because in gymnastics, (laughs) you're taught not to do that. And it actually took me about a year to get used to feeling you know, like that landing on my head is normal. (laughs) So Just a year it took. (laughs) Well, a year I was doing like, so I, we call it a back dive where you kind of like go in backwards to your head. And it took me a year to figure out how to not flip over to my feet (laughs) because I was too scared to land on my head. So I would come out and I'd see the water and be like, oh no, 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 that's not right. And flip my feet over. So it took me a while to figure that out. But I think just like the flipping aspect and, and the air awareness, I think that's something that starting at a young age is definitely crucial, um, to be good at a sport like this. And, um, not that you can't be good at it uh, if you start older, but it is a lot harder. Um, so, you know, I've been flipping since I was three years old, so it's kind of just one of those things that I think has made diving a little more easy to transition into.
0: When you obviously you still follow gymnastics as well, you know, you you had a passion for it as, as a youngster. Do you have a favorite gymnast that's competing or, or has competed recently yeah. that you still look up to and think they're, they're still the best? <laughs>
1: um, I really liked Shawn Johnson and Nastia Luke. And I think they were like, because that was like in my childhood. They were like the the Olympians that I remember watching win the gold medals. And um, and I actually had met Sean Johnson um at the training camp I went to at the Crowley Ranch, she was there getting a Florentine choreographed. So I remember we're all like sitting outside this room watching her (laughs) Florentine be choreographed and it was was really, really cool. So I think it's just like having that personal experience like helped me look up to them a little more. Yeah.
0: The question I had for you is, do you see the differences or how is it different for you when you're diving indoor versus outdoor is there a difference is there oh, some yeah. salvage to
1: it <laughs> yeah um we just had pack 12s here and you know diving outdoors is one thing but competing outdoors is another it's really hard to compete outdoors because you have you know the chlorine you have the sun you have the the dry wind the weather you have the rain like the wind i think in my opinion is the hardest thing to handle because it's really hard when you're airborne and the wind is pushing you back and yeah. forth. So it's it's really tricky and I think it adds an extra element, but I think when you're going from outdoors to indoors, it makes things so much easier. I think, you know, you have so much elements you train under and then when you go indoors, you don't have to worry about any of that. So I think it does add um, a little bit of an advantage for outdoor divers.
0: And your career has been seen a lot of success indoor and outdoor. I want to start with the kind of the first chapter of your Wildcat career, pre-Olympics, pre-Team USA qualifying, Um, you know, your journey starting with just becoming a college diver. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of always knew, like, my family didn't have a lot of money growing up, so I kind of always knew, like, I needed sports to kind of, like, help me get through college and i i kind of like relied on my athletic ability to you know like potentially get a scholarship and i think that was really the end goal for my career um obviously like there was bigger goals but i think in the end the thing that i wanted most was to come to college and be able to play a sport in college and hopefully get some of my college paid for um and so yet to have that like that was very incredible i think it's it's i'm really grateful for it because i know that without diving like I probably wouldn't have made it through college. So it's really given me a lot more than just, you know, Olympic medals and it's it's given me, um, you know, an education, it's mm-hmm. given me a degree.
0: And right away, there were some Pac-12 championships. Uh, you were an All-American and then you made the incredibly difficult journey to get to the Olympics. I want to talk about all that went into that because it's really hard to make the Olympics and make yeah. Team USA, but what you went through with the COVID and the cancellations, yeah. I think was made it even more impossible. Oh, if that was if that was if that's possible.
1: Yeah.
0: What did you take away from that year off you took to train from college competition to COVID cancellations to that whole journey mm-hmm. to get you to Team USA qualifying?
1: Yeah, I mean. When you're forced to be out of the pool, it's kind of like injury, you know? Like when you're forced to be out of the pool, it's really difficult and it kind of is like an eye opener of like how much you really appreciate what you're doing and how much um, every day counts. And so when we were forced to be out of the pool for months at a time, that was really difficult. I mean, at first it was kind of like, whoa, like what is happening? Um, It wasn't as concerning at first, but when it went on to like two months, three months, that's when it was like, wow, like this is very serious. And that's where, like, the doubt starts coming in of, like, how am I going to prepare for the Olympics, Um, you know, that are still happening in a year. Um, And not just that, like, adding an extra year was tough just because we you typically when you go into an Olympic year, you're prepping for that. Whereas, like, like in college, I took a um, redshirt year. I didn't compete collegiately that year. I um, only took a couple classes. So I was making sure my whole focus was on this Olympics. And so for that to get postponed was really tough, just Mm -hmm. like mentally, physically, um, emotionally. Um, And then you add the extra year and your body is going through so much for four years and then you're adding another year. And, you know, (laughs) I had many, many injuries come up just within that extra year because I didn't have time to let my body recover. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was tough and I think Right now, you're hearing a lot more about like mental health with athletes after the Olympics, and I think that's partly because of that fifth year. I think um, the Tokyo athletes have been through a lot, mm-hmm. and I think that that added a lot more awareness to... You know, post-Olympics is tough. Like, it's really hard to come off of the high and come down and go back to normal life. It's, it's really challenging. It's not really something that's, like, considered, and it's not something I was prepared for.
0: <laughs> so when you get to... I would say maybe the first of many surreal moments for you of the, your, your journey to Tokyo, the first being qualifying and re- knowing that you're going to represent the United States yeah. at the Olympics. What was that like for you?
1: Uh yeah, I mean, sometimes I go back in my phone and I look at those memories just cause I'm like, I want it to be fresh in my mind. Cause <laughs> like, it's just great. Like I could relive, I wish I could relive that moment a million times just like, the moment me and jessica found out we made the olympic team for synchro like just like i remember we knew we really just kind of needed to do our last dive for you know like fours we just needed to yeah. do the last dive and land on our heads and i remember like trying to see the scoreboard but we couldn't see it because the, <laughs> the thing was in the way like the big uh tv thing was in the way and so we couldn't see anything and we're just kind of like oh my god do we do it did we do it and just like hearing everybody like kind of standing and clapping and just like that moment was just so unreal. Like I wish everybody could experience something like that. Like it was just, it was unreal. And then like, it kind of took a lot of pressure off of the individual event. Cause then I got to go in and just say, you know what? I made the Olympic team, now I can just enjoy it. And I had one of the best meets of my life in that final and made the Olympic team again, and individual, so. And
0: then the immediate yeah. encore to that unreal moment you just described was going to Tokyo yeah. and being there oh yeah <laughs> what what was what was the what was the takeaway from that what was the yeah. I'm sure a real more reels of moments on your phone from yeah. that experience of actually being in Tokyo right I think.
1: I think I really wish I could have gotten more pictures I mean I have a lot but I was just like there was so much going on around you it was really hard to like capture everything in the way you wanted to so I have lots of pictures but like I wish that there was like more that I could have captured it's just you know it's impossible to do but um, um Yeah, even my sinker partner, she's been in Olympics already. She went to 2016 and um, she was even telling me like with COVID, it still pretty much has been the exact same. So it was really like kind of a relief to hear like I was still getting that experience minus the spectators. I was still getting to like experience what an Olympics would be like Um, and like I think getting there was... um, quite a journey (laughs) um we were sitting in you know in the in the airport for eight hours because of the like the covid processing and stuff so that obviously um was a challenge in itself so we didn't really get to the village till like one in the morning and so like for me to get there wasn't quite what I had expected um I think the eye-opener moment was you know the next morning when we got to open all our gear and you know, see all the the suitcases in our rooms and stuff with our names on it. And I actually had letters from home and stuff. Wow. So I was able to read um, the letters from my family from home. Um, and I think the moment I really felt like I was at the Olympics was the opening ceremony. I think most Olympians would tell you the same thing that it was walking out into that arena and seeing like, unfortunately not seeing the spectators in this yeah. case, but like seeing that huge arena um, and all these athletes coming through there, I think was like that moment where it's like, wow, like <laughs> I finally made, uh, my biggest dream a reality.
0: You made your dream a reality. Life changed for you a little bit. You became a celebrity. You're an icon here at the University of Arizona. You went on the today show after mm-hmm. you won. Was how surreal was that? For
1: you? <laughs> that was cool. I remember, um, we had some team meetings before the event started and, um some previous Olympians that were there had won silver medals. Um and so he was telling us, you know, like if you win a medal at the Olympics, you get to go on all these today shows, you get to go on all these talk shows. And I remember like, oh that's cool. But like I wasn't really expecting to win a medal. So I was like, oh very cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh and then when we won the medal, I was like, oh my gosh, like I remember he said we get to do all this stuff. And I remember like me and jessica being carted around in vans and escorted everywhere it's all these like media buildings and um the first one we went to was the today show and just like i have a video actually it's funny like just us behind the scenes like getting food (laughs) and we'd start eating and they'd be like okay we gotta go so (laughs) you are like okay and then We'll go do the interview, and then uh, we'll walk to another one, and we're trying to get some food. in we're like, oh, okay, we gotta go. So like, <laughs> it was like really hard to get food in, but we were we were getting interviews to like two a.m. I mean, it was a very very cool experience.
0: I think another example of how life changed for you after that incredible run in Tokyo, and maybe how it came full circle, being a, a young girl who grew up in Tucson and being around the UAS. Yeah. Seeing your own street banner mm-hmm. outside of McHale. Uh, on the street and, and yeah. you know, what's, how does that impact your thoughts or, or how do you reflect back on, on that kind full circle?
1: Um, you know, I don't really know. I think, cause I, I had one last year as well. And I think, um, so like I was more excited about it last year, I guess, just yeah. cause it was like very new. Um, But I remember, like, again, when I was little, seeing all those signs, and I would always, like, I I actually didn't even know that they were athletes at U of A. I just, like, thought they were, you know, like, really cool (laughs) pictures of, like, you know, representing their sport. But I didn't know that it was, like, actually the athletes of the school. And so it was really cool, like, really special to be able to see, like, I got to be a part of of that.
0: And your your excellence uh, diving, Delaney has continued just last week, some more Pac 12 championships for you. Looking back now, we're ahead of the NCA's. Do you have a favorite memory or something from your Wildcat career outside of the incredible Tokyo experience that you still look back and fondly on here?
1: Um, I mean, I've always really liked Pac-12s. I think it's one of the most fun um, competitions we have just because it's the only meet where you're with your entire team um, because they split up men's and women's in diving Um, and swimming and diving so it's really cool to be able to like experience a really big championship meet with your whole dive team Um, just because like we're all really close and we all train um, you know lots and lots of hours together so I think just like in general like competing with my team and traveling with my team is probably one of my most favorite things that I get to do
0: and you talked about this when you came back from Tokyo about um, the importance to you to leave a legacy as a member of the swimming diving program in Arizona, yeah. but also as a student. Right. How do, how do you feel about that that yeah. legacy that you've left so far?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's really important that like student athletes remember like we're students first, and that's why it's student athlete, not athlete student, just because we're here to get an education, but our sport is kind of like helping us do that. Um, it's kind of I-, I see it as like almost just still like an extracurricular activity, but mm-hmm. at the same time like. It's allowing us to leave a legacy, not only in the sport, but also as a student. And I think it's really, like, reminded me that being an athlete has shaped me to be a better student. It's taught me so many skills that I don't think I would have if I weren't an athlete. Um, But also, it's given me my education. Like I said before, it's like, without diving, I probably wouldn't have gone to college. I probably would have done something else with my life or maybe have gone to community college or I would have had to go about my career differently. So yeah, I think um, being an athlete has really shaped how I am as a student.
0: You've accomplished so much as a diver, internationally, and as a collegiate student athlete. What do you still have see left to accomplish in your career?
1: Um, I mean, I've been trying to get a national title for three years now. Um, unfortunately, last year I missed out by uh, one place, which was, Devastating, but I think at the same time, it set me up for Tokyo um, better than I could have imagined. I think it was what I needed to kind of give me that extra push, um, especially with that extra year. So I think the one thing I'm really looking forward to is hopefully getting a national title.
0: That would be the uh, the only box left to check yeah, in, this, exactly. in this illustrious <laughs> career. Yeah. Uh, but here we are, 2022, 50th anniversary of tile 9 I'm, I'm curious to know your thoughts on celebrating this monumental moment for women's sports and how yeah. it's impacted not only yourself as yeah. what we just talked about, but also generations of young girls who have been able yeah. to fulfill their dream of going to college and becoming a student athlete as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, there definitely is a lot more um, opportunity for women to do sports in college. I mean, nowadays, like they have to make sure there's equal number of men and women's scholarships. And I think that's great because um, I don't think enough women are in sports. I think sometimes, There can be an intimidation to it i don't know um but i think no it's incredible i mean just being a woman in sport like it's it's really cool to be able to like get messages from kids on instagram saying like you know they look up to me and i think that's one of the most amazing things that's come out of my career is that i get to inspire other women to pursue sport and to be able to come to college and get an education and represent a college, a university, um, as an athlete as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, you're, uh, we're gonna take a look a little bit about life after diving for you, Delaney. Um, you're studying speech language pathology here at University mm-hmm. of Arizona. What, what drew you to that, and what are your plans yeah. for life after diving with that, with that study?
1: Yeah, so I'm getting my master's right now in um, SL, SLP, um, and it wasn't my original plan. I actually came into college thinking I was gonna do occupational therapy, Um, but COVID kind of added, um, that extra year for me, they, you know, they came back and said, we're going to give that eligible, the extra athletic eligibility year back. Um, so I kind of wanted to take advantage of that, but also I realized that gives me more opportunity to continue my education. Um, and so I started looking into programs at U of A because I was like, you know, like if I wanna be here longer, I'm gonna see if there's something else I could pursue because OT does not have a program here. So I started looking around and I saw speech and I was like, hmm, I wonder why I've never looked into this before okay. because my mom was a special ed teacher. And so I grew up watching OTs and speech pathologists coming through my schools um, when I was young. And I even remember my mom saying like how she loved speech and she wished she had done speech and I'm just like, why did I not look at this before? So I started looking into the program and I saw, you know, their top six in the country. And um, I just, I saw that they got to do some pretty amazing things with kids and um, even adults. And so I, uh, we actually work with a kid in Team Impact who um, has a little bit of speech difficulty. And so like kind of getting that one-on-one experience and like watching him struggle to like communicate was like kind of like a aha moment for me where it's like, I think this is what I really wanna do. Um, and so I applied and I got in, I think it was honestly fate. <laughs> um, but I think after being in the program for as short amount of time, I have been in it. Um, I've kind of found that I think I like working with adults, so I might consider working with adults. Um, kids are tough. They're really hard to work with just cause you have to kind of give them more attention than you do adults. Mm-hmm. So, um, Yeah, I I don't know. I think I want to work with adults, but we'll see. I guess I'm I'm still kind of exploring that.
0: Well, it's still exploring the journey not yet complete for Delaney. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Bear Down Podcast. Delaney Schnell, Wildcat through and through, Wildcat for life, Bear Down.